0: <laughs> crazy because it was almost energizing yeah. compared to getting up with my kids or taking the yeah. talk out in the middle yes. of the night and yeah. being exhausted. I would actually, you know, I would have so much energy energy or wake up in the middle of the night and start writing yep. down notes or, yep. oh, all I had this idea or this came to me. That's what was so interesting about when you're so passionate about something, all hours of the day, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it feels good to put the time into it.
1: Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. The show where we geek out about marketing, but with a dose of fangirling, and that's definitely what's happening today. I'm chatting with proud Backstreet wife and entrepreneur Lee Doro and her business partner Charlotte Winkowski, the founders of Esla. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for it's having me here. Of course. Yeah. And Lee, we crossed paths about a year ago, and you told me you had Esla in the works, and it's so awesome to see it come to fruition. And I loved the name when you told it to me, but I didn't realize at the time that it's actually an acronym. So could you share what it stands for?
0: It's Ethically Sourced Luxury Leather Alternatives.
1: Love it. So we're going to get into what exactly you sell, what that means, the mission behind it. But I'd love to just start with an introduction of both of you, if you could share your backstories and your careers up to this point, and we'll then get into how Esla was born.
0: Well, I'm Lee DeRoe. I am married to Howie from the Backstreet Boys, Um, but I did have a life before that. (laughs) Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, I actually grew up in New Jersey, and um, I ended up going to school in California. I went to UCSD, and after graduation, I moved up to Los Angeles and got in the entertainment business. My sister is a manager and also a producer, um for actors and in feature film and television so that was a um, really exciting business to be a part of but eventually i moved on to music videos and commercials and actually from there i started doing uh web content and ended up working for the backstreet boys on their 2001 black and blue tour i was their webmaster and did all of their video content and for the time you know, back then it was something that had really never been done before, especially um, following a band around, creating a content that was a part of the VIP area of the website. And we charged people money to see the content. That was also unheard of for the time. <laughs> and um, that's how I met my husband. But uh, after I had a, a year or so of that, um, I decided that. That was enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> I went back into the entertainment business in the respect of uh, television and film. And I worked for five years at Warner Brothers and worked on some great projects like the Oceans 12, 13 movies. And I developed Tarzan and Westworld. And it was um, a really uh, wonderful part of my life. But, um, you know, I decided to stopped working when howie and i got married and i decided to have children so i've always wanted to continue on and do something i have always been interested in um different ideas being an entrepreneur and how like what the next phase of my life is going to look like Mm -hmm. so that's where you know when charlotte came into my life we started talking about things and that's sort of how eslo was born
1: yeah, and you know, to do uh, you know, websites and design and be part of marketing and that aspect of the business, I mean, I'm sure you always had this creative side of you that you wanted to express, so it's great to see that you're doing that with Absolutely. Esla.: I, But I, I want to know, did you go around the world in 100 hours for the black and blue tour?: <laughs> well, I actually started with them. Like literally
0: a week after they did that. Okay. I think I might have even been hired, but you know the I I don't know if it was fortunately or unfortunately the timing did not work out, so I missed out on that. But um, I I think the call video shoot was not. It was either that. Actually, I'm not. You know, it was right around the same time, so it's like it was just we just I just missed it. Yeah. I wish I had.
2: Did They went around the world. I have heard about it, but oh my god, that's crazy!
0: That's great. Yeah. Did they stop and, and did do yeah on um, different continents? Wow, yeah, that's amazing. What
1: you had to do back then, I guess, pre-social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You physically world. had to go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How exhausting! So, Charlotte, what was, what is your backstory? So mine is a little bit different. Uh, certainly not nearly as exciting. Um, I, um, I I was in electronics for most of my life for a good twenty plus years. I sold electronics, and um, and so that was really kind of my background. And um, I I there was a time in my life. I've always had this. Because I do a lot of electronics, I've always talked to so many different companies who have invented products, and I have like so drawn to them and what create what made them create this and how you know how your mind works and what. So I, it's just been something that I've been extremely passionate about, just business in general, um, very much in. Uh, Philanthropy for like, you know, trying to find a way to give back, trying to find something to do to to find some purpose. So I did electronics. I had an online um, e commerce business for about 10 years. So I did learn a little bit about that industry, which was very interesting, which I loved. And um, a little different than Lee for me, um, about a year before I turned 60, I literally just had this feeling of like, I need to think about what i thought about what i did with my first 20 my second 20 years my third 20 years i'm like i only have like another you know 20 years like 20 to 60 to 80 that i'm going to be in the work environment and i really decided i knew there was something i wanted to do lee and i talked so many times about businesses and she had just great ideas and we both had that same passion but i knew we wanted to find something that mattered i want something to matter to my children to some to leap for my grandchildren so that's what drove us and then all of a sudden we found So that's where, that's really where our mission was prior to that.
1: That's amazing. I think we're seeing that trend a lot with people kind of thinking about what their second act is going to be. Would you consider this your second act?
2: Yes. 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 Most definitely.
1: Yeah. And leaving a legacy for your kids and grandkids. I think that's so powerful and to, you know, let purpose lead you into your next endeavor and all of your past endeavors as well. That's really great. So, how did you two meet? How did you cross paths?
2: Do you want to- we, <laughs> well, we actually met through a mutual friend, mm-hmm. um, and it was about ten years ago. We met through, um, and I, to be honest, I, I, I tell her this all the time. I was so nervous. I at the time, I was, I was going through a little bit of a challenge with, with a. Medical issue I had, and I I was just super nervous to meet her. I was like, I've never met a celebrity. I don't know how to act. I don't even, you know. I it was hilarious. I was so uh, keyed up about it, and within like literally minutes of Howie and Lee walking in, they were the most genuine, kind people. It was it was nothing like I had expected, and I they were so warm and welcoming that I I just just absolutely fell in love with them, and we became very fast, instant friends. Like, and the more I, we talked about her children and her family and her, her values. And I mean, we just shared in so many things that it was just a very instant connection for me.
1: Yeah, I get it. You know, I was supposed to marry a Backstreet Boy, but I can't help but love Lee. Either, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> That's great. So how did you two decide to go into business together? When did that start to become a conversation? How did that go? I think
0: very early on we started talking yeah. about we just always had very similar interests and we had common values and we would always bounce ideas off each other if we would see something, oh you know, the latest and greatest of whatever, whether it be makeup, beauty, fashion. Um, we were always talking about different things and and we both had this, you know, core entre- entrepreneurial spirit that I think we could see that, you know, the more we got to talking, we were, you know, there was a, a, a time when I came to her with an idea and she couldn't believe it because the week before she had literally had the same
2: idea. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. So, yeah. it's true. Um,
2: yeah. I think um, as soon as I started talking to Lee, I, you know, one, she's very intelligent and I knew uh, she had a lot of drive, but she had very small children. Cause you think 10 years ago, when we first started talking, um, Holden was a baby. He was literally, you know, just a, yeah. like nine months old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it wasn't the right time, but mm-hmm. there was just this, we would just, just bounce ideas off each other constantly. And I, that's how my mind works. And I like, I love that we shared that. So we were always talking about it for many years, but the time wasn't right. Even though we thought of lots of different things for her and her life and Howie's career. Um, but when these last few years, I knew she was serious. Her kids were getting older and old enough that she had that time that she could devote to something. And I was at that different place in my life where okay, I'm determined to find something that I'm, you know, that we're gonna be passionate about. That's going we're gonna make something better than what we have. So that's where we really got serious about it like two years ago.
1: Yeah. That's that's so inspiring. I love again, like I said, when brands lead with that and to let that passion lead you. It's gonna be what keeps you going and makes you wanna keep Absolutely. changing the world in your own way. So that's really powerful. Um Esla, I mean it's very apparent even just on your website and with the acronym and everything that it's such a values driven brand and I notice it's it's in your products and your collections and the the way that you wrote about each of the collections even that is is meaningful and if I may I'd like to read a description you have for your Dharma uh, crossbody bag because I I never see copy like this. I I know brands, they preach being values-driven, but you seem to be living it and breathing it. Uh, You said, our personal dharma is crafted by developing the virtue of mindfulness. By fine-tuning our awareness of how we treat others as well as ourselves, we will know what to do. Through this process, we naturally embrace the golden rule. Treat others as you would like to be treated. And this is on a product page for handbags. And I just, I love that. It's so refreshing to see. So if you could shed some light just on what Esla wants to stand for as a brand, why these values were so important to your vision and how you're disrupting the handbag category with with product descriptions alone, just like this.
0: I mean, I think we want to be socially conscious, you know, our core... At our at our core, you know, caring about the planet, caring about what is what we're going to leave for the next generation. Um, we just wanted to make a difference in some way, and it doesn't mean sacrificing. Which I think some people do think that sometimes these changes can mean that you're giving up something for something that might be lesser of you know of a product, or yeah. but it's it's not the case, and I think that there, I don't know, you know, with the pandemic and the the way the world's been changing, I think people are more open to different sustainable options that make sense. And I think people are caring. I think, you know, if you ask someone 10 years ago about global warming, I think, you know, a large percentage of people would probably say you're crazy. And I think if you were to ask the same percentage of people today, I think that's drastically reduced. So I think we just, we really wanted to be a part of that process and, and making a difference to somehow leave the world a little bit better than, you know, we may have found it um, in our lifetime. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I know that's just becoming increasingly more important. Like you said, for the next generation, there's all of this research about Millennials too, but Gen Z in particular being really focused on socially conscious brands and it's like a non-negotiable for them now. They only go after these socially conscious brands Uh, and fast fashion is always being talked about now, which is a term I didn't even learn until recent years, but it's been around and it's so bad for
2: the planet. Um, Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I grew up I, obviously I'm older than she is and, uh, but, um, but you know, I grew up in a, in a different time in day and age where we literally, you know, and it's sad because I look at it now, there was so much we didn't know about, you know, the environment. And for, we had this, um, you know, I had this love for luxury handbags. I love them. I think they're just beautiful. It's something I always loved and kind of gravitated towards, you know, you know, more than anything in fashion, it was always about the handbags and, yeah. and, um and, but then kind of looking at like sustainability and things that my children have helped ta- teach me, Lee has helped teach me in that respect. Um, but it wasn't until um, my brother brought a video that he had seen on these gentlemen that had created um, deserto cactus leather. And he said, watch this video, this is so cool. So it was about a seven minute video. And I, first of all, they were two gentlemen that that decided to create um, an alternative leather out of cactus, which requires very little irrigation. Um, It doesn't kill the cactus. You know, they only take the mature leaves from it. So that part of it was really great. Um, It's very sustainable. Um, Even just the tanning process is done like in the sun. So it's actually done naturally. Well, i watched this video and realized in there, they show you like kind of the horrors of what's happening in the fashion industry and the leather tanning process for not only for the animals, but also for the workers that are in there. When I got off the, off of watching, I, I, I couldn't wait to talk to Lee. I was like, oh my God, it was literally like, this is what I want to do. I'm part of this and I'm learning, but it was, it was just this huge eye-opening experience for me.
1: Yeah. I, I love when that happens, when you encounter like one specific thing that okay. opens your eyes like that and is just like all the signs are there and cactus leather. I mean, that is just yeah. so interesting. I'll have to check out that video myself if you still have oh, it.
2: Right. It's, great. it's on our website. It's great though. It wow. really is. Uh, it's educational. It's great.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, Lee, I read that your mother was actually a holistic doctor. So maybe this, you know, sustainability and being um, conscious about this has been a part of your life for a while. Could you get into that?
0: Yeah, that's really where it did hit home when Charlotte brought up the idea to me and, and we, and I watched the video at, you know, I, all of a sudden it was like a light bulb moment and mm-hmm. felt like it all really made sense. And, you know, I grew up, my mother was a single mom and worked, you know, two to three jobs my whole life. She did, she had a plant store actually as one of the side jobs she worked for the government, but, um, she was always into, um, natural medicine um like recycling in the 70s i mean we were always the kids that were doing that when nobody else was and you know this back in the 80s she was giving me herbs like echinacea and i mean people literally Thought she was like a witch doctor, <laughs> and it wasn't until years later that instead of people looking at me like I was crazy, they started coming they were like, to me oh, for advice. Like, yeah, and what would time. your mom say? And yeah. you know, she studied Chinese medicine, um, which is herbs and essential oils for for years. Um, she's and it was just such an education for me. And I've always turned to a more you know natural approach, and even raising my own children instead of turning to always. You know western medicine I, I like to do a combination of both eastern and western and mm-hmm. and just try to marry the two but you know it she always was a huge influence in my life that um encouraged me to just do better if i could yeah. or, or be better to my body be you know be better to the planet so you know i've always and it's, and it's hard, it's hard to make those conscious decisions every single day, but yeah. you know, we, I try to, but that's what was so, you know, interesting when Charlotte brought this to me, it felt like it was like a piece of the puzzle that fit.
1: Yeah. And it feels personal, right? Yeah, like, I, think, I think that's a, a good marketing point to bring up because I think a lot of times when we talk about marketing and branding, it's like, make something for your audience. It's all about your audience, but. I always think it has to start with you personally first Absolutely, yep. that's Absolutely. what's going to drive you.
2: Oh, yeah. You have to have that passion behind your product, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, business is hard and you can have the best idea, but it, it, again, you, you, you have to believe in it um, and you have to, have to live it. So
1: Yeah. So it sounds like this message and this vision uh, resonated with you as well, okay. Charlotte. That's really awesome. Yes. Well, I have to say the bags themselves are gorgeous. I love like the neutral colors. I love the chain. They're just so <laughs> beautifully designed. And mm-hmm. so far you have a crossbody, a clutch, and a tote bag. So mm-hmm. I'd love to learn about what the design process was like uh, for launching this collection. What was your vision and how did you bring that to life from a design standpoint?
0: I think the the first piece that came to me was while I was touring, I stumbled across a bag in a small little boutique. In a tiny town. And it it was actually a neoprene bag, oddly enough. And so it wasn't even, you know, this expensive high end bag or anything. But, you know, I put it on and it had this chain. And I just said, my gosh, there's something really cool about this chain. I love the gun metal. I love the weight. I just love the way that it catches the light. And you know when you put it on with certain colors it picks up certain tones yes. and you know it was very unique and so when this had been not too long after charlotte and i yeah. started discussing that we were going to move forward with this and you know that we were kind of looking for inspiration so that was the first piece of the puzzle and i came back i showed it to charlotte and she felt exactly the same way i this is great and and so what we you know we started to sit down and take some of the bags that were our favorites and, you know, like actually taking the chain off the purse I bought and, and, you know, the sketching out our ideas and sitting up till wee hours of the morning, just, you know, brainstorming and what could we do with this? And what do we like about a crossbody that, and what don't we like? And I, I don't know about you, but you know, if you have this beautiful chain, but it's sitting on your shoulder all day long, like that's not so beautiful, that does not feel good. And so we just started, you know, through a, a long process, we just, you know, bounced ideas off of each other and came up with the different components that we feel like makes the bag really special.
2: I uh, just the other day was looking for a picture on something that of a, a product. And I started scanning through some of the text messages that Lee and I had. And it was hilarious. I mean, it was I, I could go back for like the last year and a half. It was Hundreds and hundreds of hundreds, and a lot of them at late night, like eleven o'clock at night. We're talking (laughs) about what do you think about this, or what do you think, you know? So it was just a very long process. Um, Like she said, we we thought of this during the pandemic, which obviously that wasn't to our advantage because it was hard to go tour any any of the locations that we wanted to source. Um, All of our um, our our, our partners that work with us, from material sourcing to the manufacturing facility to the designer that we're working with. To help us create the bags are, are, they're global. So we're working all over the world. So the time zone, we've had many, many sleepless nights and, <laughs> uh, and trying to find that, but we were on this mission to align ourselves with the manufacturers that had the same core values and missions that we did. So it wasn't easy. It wasn't like it was, you know, we'd find a great source and we'd like that. We had to make sure that that facility that was manufacturing the bags cared about their employees. It wasn't a sweatshop. They weren't child labor. They were giving them benefits. They treated them fairly. They were getting fair wages. So that was important. But the way the manufacturer, so every little bit of it was very time consuming, but so exciting and well worth it. And and but I think we found a we found a great we have we have a great supply chain right now. So
1: that is just so refreshing to hear. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they just want to get their ideas out as fast as possible. But it sounds like you both like really vetted the partners you were working with and really really did things right. So. and I love that you had like texts going through all hours of the night. And oh, the night. it's,
2: it's, um, it's uh, I, I bet you there's thousands. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable just, how many.
1: <laughs> it's crazy because
0: it was almost energizing yeah. you know, compared to, you know, getting up with my kids or taking the talk yeah. out in the middle yes. of the night and yep. being exhausted. I would actually, you know, I would have so much energy, energy or wake up in the middle of the night and start writing yep. down notes. Or, yep. Oh, all I had this idea or this came to me, you know. I, in the, you know, that's what was so interesting about when you're so passionate about something, it, it you know, all hours of the day, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it feels good to put the time into it. Yeah, it
1: just lights you up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And what was great about it for both of us, you know, my husband is as passionate about this as I am. Howie is as passionate about it as Lee is and my, and my brother, like they're all like, they, they're they excited. They want to know about it. They give input. They're super supportive. And like that makes, that make it's easier to do that. It wouldn't be easy to do this and spend the time that we've dedicated to it. If our spouses didn't believe in the same mission that we do. So, yeah. It's super helpful.
1: Shout out to the spouses. I don't know yeah. if my husband can hear me outside the room, but love you, honey. Thank you. He's the same way. It's, it's so oh, important. <laughs> So speaking of partnerships and spouses and everything, I would love to know what makes your partnership work and how you support each other and how you complement each other with your skills.
2: Well, I think um, we have a, a mutual respect for each other. That goes without saying. Um, I think we share that same common interest, um, uh, our values, even just with our children and our families. And so I think um that's what makes it work like i we do respect each other you know we we don't necessarily have to agree on every single thing but we agree on almost i mean we really do when we're coming together with it we usually are like yep that's i agree i think that's great we try to work together but i think just being able to bounce ideas off of each other and respect that like hey i'm getting i'm i'm busy doing something today can you run in there and go ship these products and like it, it's it, we work hand in hand and try to make it um as as uh, equally supportive and involved and but at the same time respecting each other uh, I think in in the same way
0: yeah would you agree lee absolutely yeah i mean it's it i think people i think have reservations about going into business with friends and you know if, and even howie in the beginning you know saying you know tom and charlotte are such good friends i would never want to, anything to come in between that. And, you know, I, I assured him, I said, I have no doubt in my mind that that's not going to happen. And honestly, it really hasn't. And, yeah. you know, like she said, you know, we've been very lucky to, you know, business is business and there's things that have to be handled and everybody sort of plays their own role in that. Yeah. And that's what makes it great because I think, you know, we all have our strong suits and that's where it's it's great that we're as a team, it all comes together really well.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a lot scarier to try to do it all alone. You know, so, Absolutely. I don't,
2: I mean, I know it's not impossible, but I don't know how you could do it. I mean, like everything, it takes a village. It really does. There are, you know, everyone, like Lisa, is so, so true. We all have our strengths, but we all have our weaknesses, right? There's areas that maybe I'm not familiar with, or I'm not. So it's so good to have a collaborative effort, and, and there are even things that are like our manufacturer knows that we don't know that we're learning. This is, we're on a journey together. So we're like sponges and we're so excited to learn about this whole industry because this is new for us. Um, But we also, uh, we know what we like and what matters to us. So, you know, we're just like working together and every day is different, but it's, it's a great journey and it feels so good to be on it together. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And like good she work. said, you know, it's not, going to be perfect and we don't claim to be perfect and we're still learning and like she said this is a journey and we are with every step of the way we feel like we're getting better and better but even with our materials you know we're going to constantly be looking for next generation and the next best thing and you know and there's a lot out there
2: right now so it's a
0: very exciting industry to be in
2: Yeah, you can divide and conquer on it a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right now are about, I think, last we heard, like either 28 or 30 different... There's millions of dollars of people have put into these businesses to find, to come up. Because everyone understands there is an issue. There is an issue for the plant. There is an issue with the animals. And they want to find an alternative. So there are about... 28 to 30 different types of material from mushroom leather to pineapple leather to grape leather to apple leather. So uh, from a leaf from the Amazon. So we're going to be on that journey with them. You know, cactus leather is where we're starting that they will continue to improve cactus leather. um, And they will all, but we will also be looking for every other different testing, different materials and, and, you know, believing that someday there will be like the perfect alternative out there. And that's what we want to be part of.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got to commend you on that because I feel like it's very hard to have like an original idea or to do something new these days. I'd never heard of cactus leather. This is the first time I'm hearing of pineapple yeah. leather. Aww. Like I think you guys are really onto something. And even from a, a messaging standpoint, like that would make me want to read more and read into it because it is so new and different and unheard of. So I hope you'll keep, <laughs> keep talking about that because it's, it's yeah, fascinating.
2: Thank
1: you. So hearing you two talk about, you know, that you're better together and that you divide and conquer and you complement each other. I mean, I can't help, but think of the Backstreet Boys and how they're like the perfect, yes, <laughs> the perfect blend are. of talent and how they make it work all of these years. Um, and Lee, just speaking of partnerships, I'd love to learn how Howie has supported you throughout this. And even maybe just the Backstreet fandom or community, has there been a response um, from that audience as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they've been wonderful. And Howie, you know, he's always been supportive throughout all of my different stages of my career and choices that I've made and um, always been the proud husband, even though, you know, I always say I'm a proud wife, but it's nice. You know, I mean, he's been proud of me in different ways, but it's so inspiring now that I I am in this next phase of my career, and on top of it, he's a part of it because I think we've always worked really well together. We've always been a great team I mean from day one, you know, working with them, you know, we had an instant connection and we we're great communication and always you know he bounces a ton of ideas off of me and vice versa. so it it was great. and when I brought this idea to him, he was so supportive and you know, as you know, you know he's been lucky enough to throughout all the years to work with so many top designers and be around, you know, high fashion and, you know, but also, you know, just everyday people. So he has an appreciation for, you know, what looks good and like and with, with him growing up in the spotlight, that's what I was, you know, being exposed, you know, I think him and Kevin, I think Kevin walked in the Versace show one year. I mean, they, yeah. they, you know, the, he's, I mean, the amount of clothing he's received over the years, I mean, he didn't even know, you know, half of the value of like oh, what yeah. I saw in his closet. I mean, <laughs> um, but it's great. You know, he loves to weigh in on design and styles and, you That's know, sweet. even, you know, all, of you know, while he's traveling around the world, he'll see something and send me a picture and say, I'll look at this, you know, bag I saw on a window. And he he loves to be a part of the collaborative the collaborative process. So, Um, In that respect, it's great. I mean, he is so busy. So it's great that, you know, with his touring this year and the the amount of love and support all the fans are giving the Backstreet Boys, you know, almost 30, you know, almost 30 years later, it's unprecedented. I mean, to be selling out these huge arenas and multiple dates, I mean, it's everybody you know i I tell everyone i you know I have an in theory husband right now because
2: <laughs> they're busy, busy working,
0: but on the plus side, like you said, his outreach is fantastic, and um I think the demographic that are that make up the fandom and like the the backstreet army is exactly who our you know our core demographic would be that would you know be in the market for something like this that's why we You know, we wanted to keep the price and the price point somewhat manageable because these bags that range into the thousands of dollars, I mean, I don't even believe in buying bags anymore that, you know, in that price range, it's just, it seems excessive sometimes. I mean, yes, they're beautiful, but, you know, we wanted to find a perspective on a luxurious bag that didn't have to cost thousands of dollars and actually you know is a better choice in so many different ways so um to have howie a part of it and it has been a wonderful experience so far so we're excited that you know he can reach such a broad range of people yeah. and um i can't thank the fans enough for being so supportive so far and we're, we're very new but i look forward to you know bringing you know, maybe we could even bring a piece of merchandise one day. Huh? Yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe yeah. A, a clear
2: bag is in your future. For, yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> backpack. Oh, I can't do backpack. Or belt. But um, Howie, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, we, w- because we got, you know, very busy t- before our launch and the emails were just flying like crazy back and yeah. forth, between our know, the shop and the manufacturer and everyone. And So we took Howie off, and I think that was Lee's suggestion. You know what? Howie gets so many emails. Let's take him off this because he was on everything before. And he came home, and he's like, "Don't take me off the email. I want to hear about everything." Because I may not be able to respond, but I want to know everything you guys are doing. And I so was so happy about that. You know, because he has been one hundred percent with us from day one. Obviously, supports Lee and everything she does, but he's been great about. Being involved when we we're on our calls he's there and it, you know he 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 adds in he he gives his opinion he so he's absolutely a part of that and the other thing that I was gonna say two more things, but just that the fan base has been great um how he's posted it on his site and they're obviously they're his fans, but they have been really warm and welcoming to this idea just from their little you know comments and that's been really nice and on top of that, the wives that are least friends. Um, from the other the other members in the band, um, they've been really supportive and very very kind and very nice, um, and obviously also believe in that same mission. more yeah. sustainable. So it's been it's been wonderful. That yeah. that's been great.
1: You know, they say never meet your heroes, but I've met the Backstreet Boys before. I've spent some time with Howie when we met last year, and I I don't really believe that when it comes to the Backstreet Boys. I think they're all as amazing as they seem to uh, the public. So it's great to hear little candid things like that. Like put me back on the email chain like that. Just yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to love them. Got to love them. So you've set a great foundation so far. I mean, you've just launched, I saw you did a really amazing launch party. Your website is gorgeous. You are working on a giveaway with Howie and um, the fans. So what is next for Esla from a marketing standpoint? Where do you want to go and, and what, um, you know, what media do you want to experiment with moving forward?
2: Okay, so what? <laughs> so what we're gonna do next? Um, we are act, we're gonna be on that constant mission to be finding that next generation material. We're getting ready to sample another type of material um, that we, it's new. We we have the small swatches here, so we're gonna build do, make one of our bags here in the next two weeks. Um, and then what we want to do is expand our line. So right now we have the crossbody, the, the clutch and the tote. Um, we would, would love to do like a backpack, a belt, wallet, maybe that, that, you know, that matches those. Yeah. So we do want to expand the line as we see, you know, from our customer base, what they want, what they're looking for, along with continuing to bring on just new material. So hopefully our site one day will have multiple side, multiple types of materials. Some people choose one type of material because they like, something about it, the look and feel about it, and they may prefer another one. So we want to want to be that that company that is is open to all new new materials, um, all new suggestions. We're gonna try them out and uh, hopefully be able to offer some new alternatives for people.
0: And in regards to the marketing aspect of it, you know, obviously in today's world in social media is unbelievable and the tools that you can utilize um such as influencers, which mm. that's where really where we're at now is getting these bags in the right hands and people that also believe in the same values mm-hmm. that we have and can represent the company really well so that's exciting, and we're out to quite a few people right now, um as well as you know looking at an online marketing campaign. Um, Obviously, if you have any suggestions or more, than yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd love to geek out and, and help however oh, I can. Please. we <laughs> would love, we would love that. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I love everything you're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm a big handbag fan too. I mean, it's just, you know, from the purpose to, you know your partnership. I think it's great to see female founders and just the way that you're trying to disrupt such a, a saturated industry. And like I said, to do something new in this category, I think is so rare. So my hat goes off to, to both of you. I think it's incredible. Thank you. So what would you say has been your biggest challenge, uh, creating Esla and launching this brand that you've, uh, been working on?
2: I, I'm, for me i don't want to speak over you but I, for me the biggest challenge is uh, one again we're venturing into a, a marketplace that that is you know very saturated right so we're trying to create something for us we're trying to to bridge that gap between luxury uh sustainability and consciousness so you know when we found this we 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 love the material, love the idea about it, and, and love luxury handbags. We couldn't find, we found a lot of sustainable handbags, but not in the luxury market. So trying to introduce something that kind of doesn't exist, trying to make our niche that little, you know, that, that find that little market share. That's what we're going after, but doing that in a pandemic when we're sourcing globally. The time and the hour, that's, I think for me, has been the biggest challenge. Yeah, just literally that I, we've literally had a lot of our phone calls when we have our, our group phone calls are done at like nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. And then the emails are going on till like two in the morning on ding Talk. So it's just the time for me. That's been, I yeah. think, the biggest challenge and not being able to go visit the facilities. Um, and, you know, that was part of the problem too, as well during the pandemic
0: yeah and i think i think awareness is always a challenge and just getting you know it helps to have like you said howie's involvement so that brings attention to the brand but um and we have a great product i think the biggest challenge is just getting it in front of the right set of eyes
1: yeah and especially That's when it's so, <laughs> so new yeah when it's yeah. so new and um you know you're trying to first break into that category you don't have yeah. that brand awareness yet But yeah, I think you're doing all the right things. I think you're focusing on messages that people really care about and can get behind. And I think just organically, that creates chatter and will get people talking. And what is cactus leather? Like what? Like, (laughs) you know, getting people to um, refer their friends and and hear more about it. So I just love everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. And uh, I'd love to know what advice you would give for aspiring entrepreneurs have an idea, but maybe are apprehensive about acting on it. They don't know where to start. Um, what advice would you share for people in a similar boat when they're first starting out? Well, I would say, you know, I think I was brought
0: up um, in my household to to cultivate new ideas and um, and to have that entrepreneurial spirit. And it's great to have that, but it can also be very frustrating because sometimes, you know, you know, what is the right thing? Or you can drive yourself crazy with, you know, is this the right idea? And it, and it's very scary to put something out into the world and it makes you very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, uh, what's most important is just to have a, a belief, like you said, in the value of what you're doing and, and if you love the product, if you love the idea, that then it'll come naturally, because you can't force that you can, like, you know, you can pay somebody to talk about your product, but it's not really, you know, it's still not your your baby where it comes from your heart. So I think you do have to, you know, number one is believe in yourself, because you're going to have a million doors shut in your face or a million nose. And if you don't lose faith, you know, or, it's like an actor who gets rejected for roles over and over again that I saw in my sister's industry that, you know, if, if, if you don't keep believing in yourself, then, you know, you can very easily get beaten down and lose, you know, lose that drive to keep pushing forward. But I think if you stay true to your vision, that will keep
2: driving you forward. So Um, I agree with everything that Lee's saying. And I, you know, I really believe like, the idea is the most exciting part of it. When you have an idea, it's always exciting. You have something new, but it's also the easiest part. So the idea is great, but it's all about the execution. So it's, it's, this, it's that digging in. It doesn't come easy. Trying, you know, not giving up every day. And like Lee said, believing in yourself because, you know, you will have people that will doubt it. I mean, no matter who is creating something because it's maybe it's not their passion or maybe they don't believe in it or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they doubt it. So it is just sticking true to yourself if you believe in it and just finding a way because there is a way, but it's all about the execution.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't have to be all things to all, all people. If someone doesn't see it or understand the vision or believe in it, that doesn't mean that someone else won't. Like You'll, you'll always find your audience if you
2: lead with that passion. So I think Absolutely. that's so beautifully said. I think sometimes the thing that that stops people is whether it's that, you know, doubt in themselves, but, you know, you're just afraid, like Lee said, you're vulnerable, you're stick. you know, the first time you tell someone, they were like, what are you doing? You know, so it's just, you know, I know taking that fear and letting that fear drive you versus letting that fear shut you down. Mm -hmm. So- when I get that, and I do, we all do, but I definitely, am I could doubt myself and I start, I have to turn it around and somehow, and usually get my children or Lee or my husband to inspire me to go like, no, stay tough and, and keep going. And so that's really just taking that fear, driving it and executing. So-
1: Yeah. And it's great to lean on each other. Like you said, in those moments, I I have those same moments of of doubt all the time, Where I'll I'll say to my husband, like, Oh, I don't know if I should do this. Maybe I should move over here and start this project. And he, the other day said to me, just stop re-anchoring, just keep doing what you're doing. Like that little piece of advice, you know, can, can push you forward. So yeah, Yeah.
2: it sounds like you got a great support system. So that's,
1: that's great. He's a gem. He's a gem. Um, so, what else should we know about Esla? What, what is also, you know, what other uh, initiatives are you working toward? Is there anything else you'd like to share about this brand? Like you said, it's your baby. So, what else should we know about it?
2: Well, I do know, you know, we're going to implement a program. We haven't started it yet, but we're going to do like an upcycle program and downcycle. Um, we didn't start our, our When we when we launched our site, it was a little too complicated. We have to get all the kinks worked out, but it is our intention. You know, this material is is it's sustainable, and it but it will not last. 30 years or 25 years like leather products are. So there is a point and that's the whole purpose of it. Like you want it to be able to be biodegradable, break down. So we know that's going to happen. So we are wanting to initiate a program. Um, It'll be launching hopefully in the next six months where at some point down the road, when you're like, okay, I'm ready to like, you would send the bag back to us and we would give you a credit towards you know, some amount towards another bag so that we can take that and either upcycle it if there's like if the chain or if there's something on that we can use and repurpose or we re- will do it or we'll properly downcycle the material. So that's going to be like our next little thing. Um, And then obviously we want to do start a program where we are, you know, obviously getting back to certain, uh, whether it's women owned business, whether it's minority women. So there are things that things that we're going to do with our profits. But again, those are things that we're going to be doing down the road. So.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd never even heard of uh, a handbag company doing that, like having a true upcycle or downcycling program. Yeah. Again, again, I just think that's so. Everything you're doing is just so, <laughs> so oh. new and and refreshing <laughs> to hear, and just just Thanks. great for the environment. It checks every box. Like I, I have no doubt that this mm-hmm. is going to be a huge success going forward. And i It was an honor to talk to you about it today to learn more about it. And I will be cheering you both on uh, along the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was definitely an
2: honor for me to talk to you. So thank you.
0: This was exciting for both of us. Thank you for having us.
1: Absolutely. Happy to chat anytime. And again, I'll be be watching the next things you guys are doing. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank Thank you. you. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe. Or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, Sign up for my newsletter at BrianneFleming.com newsletter. Or find me on Twitter at Brianne2k. As always, thanks for listening.